This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. What up, High Fivers? Uh, it's your boy, High Five Tom. Uh, I do apologize. I know we're dropping this a day late, but, uh, you know, life happens sometimes. Uh, but I have my very good friend uh, on the other side of the podcast. He is definitely not the tyrus of this podcast, uh, Mr. Will Yuta. How are you, my friend? You know, Tom, that's the thing about life, right? It happens every day. Yeah. With or without us. So, I just got home from the stadium. Will just got his ass kicked today. I'm eating dinner. So, well, we're doing this content for our high five heart. Right, yeah. that. That's all I get that. Edit. Edit. <laughs> well, very few edits. Tom, are you... This isn't a, a visual podcast, but are you, are you eating sour cream out of the container? Is that what I just saw? No, um, I am eating something out of a sour cream container, um, but it is not sour cream. All right, you know, it wouldn't be the strangest thing, you know, it wouldn't be strange to somebody eating all the sugar out of a container, but, you know, it is, I was going to be like, you got to like chips or something to go with it. Like, I mean, you want to raw dog some sour cream, you raw dog some sour cream. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's some, uh, my mom brought her some chick, uh, kitchen, chicken cacciatore. Ooh. Hold on, on that shit, yo. Sounds good. Yeah. It is good. But, uh, well, I mean, we talked off air, obviously, but how you been, my friend? <sighs> Trying to. I was trying to think of some cute way to put it now that we're on air and try to fill my role as the, the color co-host, but, uh, I'm tired, beat up. I'm a grouchy old man, whatever Merlin says in sword of the stone. I'm just a grouchy old man, whatever he says. Still the superpower I wished I had, you know, some people want to fly. Some people want to have super strength. I want to be able to sing a little, you know, a little ditty and have all this shit shrink down so I can fit all my wrestling t-shirts in the drawer and just close the one drawer. Wow. That's an interesting superpower, Will. You know what I'm talking about, right? The the, the cartoon Sword in the Stone, Merlin sings a song and, like, everything shrinks down? No. Oh. I forgot I'm, you know, a bit younger than you. 
yeah, he, he pretty much packs up his whole house. Like, he sings a song, like, everything in his house, like, shrinks. Like, all the books, all the everything shrinks, so everything just goes down, like, the one suitcase. And then when he gets to where he's going, he opens it up, and, like, all the shit just, like, flies out, like, as it was arranged in the room. So if I could just, you know, fold my laundry and, like, sing a little song and have all my 2X t-shirts shrink down to a, you know, like, baby onesie size... I'd have more room for t-shirts. Okay, very interesting superpower. I mean, I guess okay. it was Merlin, right? So it's a it's a spell, so it's not really a superpower. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like uh, you know, the, the the DC universe has some some like magicians. Marvel to some degree too, like Doctor Strange, kind of using magic and shit, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, a spell would be like, I mean, if you can do spells, I mean, I would assume that's a superpower. I mean, the only super, I only superpower I've got going for me is I've got, I have the dread of being right about when I know a timer's going to go off. Whenever I go into a walk, whenever I open a walk-in door, I'm like, that timer's going to go off as soon as this closes behind me. And as the door closes behind me before it latches, I hear the the beep going off. It's like son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, why don't get locked in? Kind of like when you're, kind of like when you can just like look around and be like, like oh, it's got to be like one thirty four, and you look at the clock and it's like one thirty five, and you're like, I knew it. Yeah, I have that that same power. I mean, my wife was so impressed, especially she said yes, my natural yeah. How about you, Tom? I've talked, I've talked about me more than I needed to. So, what, uh, what, what's new um, with you? Yeah, just I mean, busy as usual, scatterbrained as usual. Um, people, what are you doing? Yeah, you tell them to smoke this. You get him. Yeah, smoke this. Not editing that out. Um, we did buy a new car. Um, this is the first time in my life. My car, uh, when I bought it, didn't have already have a hundred thousand miles on it. Um, wasn't already 10 years old, but, uh, yeah, we busted out a 2024 Subaru Outback. So it's pretty much the same car we had before. Hell yes. Subaru squad. Yeah. Except it's a 19 year, it's the same color and everything. Obviously there's some, uh. There's some advances in the 19 years, but a lot of electronics. I mean, just to fill everybody in, Tom's getting on board here because there's a growing number. If you're not part of the Shining Wizards Discord, you might not know this, but there's a growing number of people in that in that group all driving the Subarus. Yeah, because isn't uh, former guest of all Nick Pearson's new car Subaru? I think I think uh, Mike got a Subaru. Uh, Shining Wizards Matt, I believe, was driving a Subaru. Oh. I drive a Subaru. Brittany has a Subaru. Brittany's Subaru is much nicer than my Subaru. Yeah, I've got the kind of car where they send you the shit in the mail, right? Where it's like, oh, your car is valued at this. You should come trade it in. It's like they obviously haven't taken a good look at it. 
<laughs> so you're going to give me how much? I don't think you will once you look at it. But hey, if you're going to give me this offer, maybe I'll take you up on it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember our old Subaru. I'm like, yeah, this is Kelly Blue Books at $3,800. I'm like, right. Yeah, we drove it off a lot and uh, had 16 miles on it. Damn. So, yeah, this is the uh, well, next two years, so it's going to be a little interesting financially, but, you know, something reliable. It's, it's warranted for the bumper, but. I mean, it is kind of snazzy, too, to have a, a new, even if it's not like a brand new, you know, it's a new to you car. I mean, your car is pretty much brand new. I mean, with only that many miles on it. I mean, they probably just moved it around lot to lot, so. Yeah, it was, a. Uh, yeah, it was on the lot for 45 minutes. We snapped it up. Like, it was just, the light was, yeah, the universe would say, hey, you need to it. I know, I'm not, like, a car guy, and I'm never, like, oh, I really want to go get a new car, but, like, towards my, the end of my time at my last job, like three or four people had all gotten new cars. So like you'd pull in the parking lot and I'd look around and be like, oh, look at those nice new cars. Yeah. <laughs> I I have no savings to go in with any kind of down payment though. So like I've got to I gotta ride this thing out as long as it's gonna give me. Unless they are willing to give me what they said in that letter they're willing to give me for this car. <laughs> yeah. But again, once they see it. They're probably going to take a couple thousand off. <laughs> Hole in the front seat. It's a mess. Yeah, and like, I mean, we weren't planning on buying it in 2024, but like we're looking at 2019, 2020, 2021. And dude, it was like, it was only like $3,000 less than a brand new car. They they hold the value incredibly well. Like I've got a 2015 and the, the like I said, the number that that letter said because obviously, you know, that number is just based on, like, the car you have. It's not based on specifically your car. Right. But still, like, they hold their value. It's bananas. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, like, well, fuck it. Just, you know? I mean, it's it's fully warranty bumper to bumper for 80,000 miles. Basically, all we got to worry about is gas and tires. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, we paid a solid chunk of change for that warranty. Well, I mean, if you're going brand new car, you got to go with the warranty. Yeah. you got to go with the warranty. you got to have insurance. Does Because I'm assuming you guys require insurance. Does uh, Wisconsin require insurance? Yep, as of June 1st, 2010. See, New Hampshire doesn't require you to have insurance. However, if you do not have insurance and you're involved in an incident with somebody who does have insurance, one of you is going to have a significantly worse time than the other. <laughs> I say this as somebody who years ago, early in my Brittany's relationship, I got rear-ended at a red light. At the time, I was driving my – did I have my Civic at the time? No, I had my I – I, I had a Corolla at the time. 
in this it wasn't a brand new but a guy in a Durango he had just bought rear-ended me at a red light homie wanted to save a couple bucks when he got it so he didn't insure it right away wah 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 <laughs> how long did he have the car I hadn't had it a terribly long time because it was my stepmother's car. Well, I meant in the car I said so he just had, he just bought it. How long did he have? Oh, like, no, like he made it out like he didn't have it for maybe a couple weeks, even. Like, just got it. Wow, that's. Uh... Yeah, I remember because I was like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, we'll get because I mean, it's the plates, you know, the cops look at because a white suit, blah blah blah. Oh, we got that all transferred. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But then we're driving the car home, and I was just a fucking nervous wreck. I'm like, all right, yeah, if this car gets wrecked on the way home, like we're not sure, we are fucked. Well, second we got home, and like I just logged on, I'm like, all right, we're chilling now. Yeah, I was not. I was like, I was. Uh, so yeah, that guy. Uh, well, it's funny because he rear-ended you, though, huh? Yes, sir. Oh, he's not only dumb; he doesn't know how to drive either, right? Is that a red light? You know, I, I saw the lights coming, but I mean, the people here drive so aggressively that, like, you see somebody's headlights like whipping up on you, you don't really think twice about it because that's just how people drive around here. I mean, anybody who's driven in Boston can vouch for that. I mean, you go through the tunnel, you're you're kind of taking your life in your own hands. Yeah. Because <laughs> heaven, heaven forbid you give up two inches to the car, you know, in a different lane. Yeah. I saw the headlights coming. I heard the brakes screech, and I felt the the whoop when they when they hit. You know, because like he didn't make the car move because they slammed on their brakes, but I mean at that point they they did do enough damage that like jacked up the trunk. I had to like tie the trunk closed and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, like I said, much worse time for the guy who hit me. Yeah. So remember, kids, yeah. shop around for make sure you have insurance and make sure. That you shop around for insurance, so you don't wind up like me and pay a lot of money for insurance. That, thankfully, knock on wood, I really haven't had to use for this car. <laughs> yeah, but will you pay an astronomical amount? For insurance? I, I am paying way too much. I mean, I don't know how much of this effect is affected by uh, my driving record, right? Because I, I have a, a small driving record, nothing recent, but. There, there may be some lingering speeding tickets on there, and uh, I was the cause of an accident in a different car. Now, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it's also, uh, yeah, well, it's what it is. Like, I haven't shopped. I've, I've been, a, a, I don't even say a loyalist, but like, I've had the one insurance carrier since I first started driving. I just, just keep, you know, Moving the, moving it to different vehicles, you know. So, has it gone down at all since you started having it? Not with this car, no. 
it wasn't I don't think it was this much for my other cars, but I would say my other cars weren't as new. Yeah. Is the biggest thing, right? I was driving like 2000s, 2002s, whereas now I'm driving a 2015. Yeah. You know, Tom, at the end of the day, I am a, I am a white male between the ages of 18 and 40, right? <laughs> yeah. I got speeding tickets. I've, Acknowledge that I've been the cause of at least one accident. What did you do? Uh, I did the stupid thing. Where I was going somewhere I didn't really know the area. And I realized as I was passing it that I didn't stop at a stop sign. So rather than speed up to make sure I got through the intersection, I hesitated. Totaled that car. Yeah. Oh, you messaged me very much. But Tom, this isn't what people I mean, this might be what people tune in for. But uh I mean, it, it might be a little more engaging than what we got in Ring of Honor. It, even though it, it wasn't, I had some qualms about All-Star Extra, or no, uh, Manhattan Mayhem. But uh, I, was, I was a little pleasantly surprised with TV. Okay. Um, yeah, well, real quick, Will. Sorry, I got distracted by some surprise surprise. Um we would be remiss, so we could probably dig into it when we're both doing a little better. Um, you know, this is not the awesomest weekend for the wrestling community in, in general. Um, obviously, if, if you haven't heard it, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, you know, pretty recently, um, Terry Funk just died. You know, like we had talked about in pre-production. Um, you didn't know much about Terry Funk. I knew a little bit. Um, obviously, by the time I was watching him, it's just hard to imagine his feud with Ric Flair in the late 80s. Both those motherfuckers are already in their 40s. You know, and that cocksucker, I mean, he's retired a lot, but, um, but. Yeah, my only, my only exposure to him was in that, like, mid-2000s WWE when, like, they brought back Mick Foley and they kind of, like, when, like, the new, East, the WWE CW was starting and, like, Foley was feuding with Edge. And. Terry Funk came in and said, if I had a head like yours, I'd get it circumcised. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and honestly, so there might be a good time to to go back and, and uh, watch some Terry Funk. Um, I know a former guest of one of my podcasts, uh, my good friend, Ref Kurtz, uh, is a big fan of Dory Funk Jr. Like, he's actually dressed up as Dory Funk Jr. as a couple costume battle royals. Um, I mean, I guess he had a hell of a run in Japan, obviously, too. You know, and all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, in my a lot of people swear, a lot of people swear by Terry Funk. Uh, Shining Wizards Matt, big Terry Funk guy, also has mentioned in the Discord. Shining Wizards Discord's free to join. Check it out. Uh, that Terry Funk also has an enjoyable country album. Really? Came out a long time ago, but yeah, Matt said it's decent. I haven't, uh, I haven't listened to it, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's one of those oddities, right? If you're ever in like 
a record store, you want to look through some beat up old records, maybe you find a Terry Funk. That's awesome. I mean, he was an actor. He was in, well, speaking of Shining Wizards, he was in the movie Golden Pop. Um, you know, this one with Scott Flash Norton. That's a book I did not mention in our book question. Uh, but he was great in Roadhouse. I was going to say he was in Roadhouse, right? Yeah. Awesome in Roadhouse. Haven't seen that either. There was a. You and my buddy Andy were thinking we're doing a review of that one of these days, so maybe we could try it. It's, I don't know, it's your typical, I shouldn't say typical, it's an 80s movie with Patrick Swayze, you know, Magic Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott as bar bouncers in the 80s, and it's exactly forget. It's, I don't know, it's a great watch. Um, but, you know, and listen, we, we will dive in a little bit more, uh, but then the next day, Will, you know, you know uh, Bray Wyatt, 36 years old, Will. Uh, yeah. I don't know why this is not hitting me like it should. Um, I don't know. Listen, I, I mean, I knew Bray Wyatt. He's definitely one of the first people I definitely kind of gravitated to when I first started. Uh, his dad was, you know, Sleeper, one of my favorites as a kid. Um, maybe I'm just numb at this point, but I know you're a big Bray Wyatt fan. I mean, we'll, we'll dig into this next week. I mean, there's going to be tremendous to war. You, uh, Huge Bray Wyatt fan. Um, I, I've got, I've got a, I have, it's hard to say, right? Because WWE just shit out so much merchandise, you know, all the time. And not half of it's dog shit, right? Yeah. But I've got a lot of shirts. I've picked up, my brother would get them for me for my birthday. I've gotten a couple off eBay. I also, when he did a, uh, he did a signing for High Spots last year, the year before, I got a couple signed turnbuckle pads. Oh, you signed um, What? Was he let go at all? No. No, it was a, it was like an approved. Okay. Like signing kind of thing. So he was signing there was some like toy kind of things you could get like there was like some uh, some prints or like signed photographs you could get. So yeah, it was like a I don't know if, like, if he was doing a whole lot. I mean Brady and I were talking about it and it's like I've I've dropped big money on signed pieces for two wrestlers and they have both since passed away. Yeah. So, if I see any, if anybody hears me talking about buying a high value wrestling memorabilia signed by somebody, maybe we should talk me out of it. Well, this is Manny Machado from the San Diego Padres. That's my so. Yeah. That's <laughs> And it's one of those things where I didn't love how they turned out because it's one of those things where you just send in what you want written on. You don't really, you're not there to say like, oh, could you put it this way or whatever, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I initially was kind of like, oh, I don't love these. But now it's like, well, that's, it's something. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much value they'll. I mean, they'll, they're signed, right? So they'll have value later. But like the what, I, with what I put on them, it's kind of like they're a. You kind of need both of them. 
Okay, yeah. The kind of like the one thing across the two pieces. So, very, very bummed. I mean, 36 years old. I mean, I'm, I turned 32 this year. He's not that much older than I am. To see that, you know, some speculation it's a heart attack following, you know, issues post-COVID and whatnot. But it's like, no matter what cause of it is, I mean, 36 is. It's not, it's not hitting like when Brody Lee passed like that, like I felt like devastated. Like I would like break down thinking about it. This isn't affecting me as much. And I don't know if it's just like, cause I haven't seen Bray Wyatt. It's only like, I'm not really watching the E like I'm aware of what's happening. I was aware of kind of like what he was doing, but like wasn't watching. It's not like when I was watching AEW and I was like all about what Brody Lee is doing. And then all of a sudden he's like gone. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't I haven't watched I haven't watched the tribute show yet. I mean, obviously thoughts go out to all his friends and family. My friend Jason made a really nice post. Uh, he's a referee and producer. And you know all the love to the world to Eric Rowan. I mean to have lost both Brody Lee and Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So, you know, he left behind two, you know, two little kids, and, you know, he's definitely one of those guys where, you know, and you heard these stories before he died, so it's not like, like oh, he's such a great guy, but I mean, you know, he always heard that stuff before he was a really, you know, down to earth dude. So, I mean, we'll probably dig it more into that in the future when we're working with our board. I mean, there's six million tribute shows going on as we speak. Um, yeah, I mean, 36, and I always, listen, yeah, I got into wrestling, at the, you know, the end of 2015, uh, so the Wyatt family is starting to feud with, you know, the Undertaker and Kane, uh, and then the media stuff happened, but, uh, you know, that Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena, I wouldn't even say a match, that was fucking brilliant. I still haven't seen that. You should you guys thought you were to watch it, it's fucking brilliant. I always said, like, I mean, he should literally go Hollywood. I'm not, like, I'm not even saying the Hollywood Hogan, but he had the mind for it. It would have been cool to see, like, with with money and backing, like, what he could do for, like, a movie or anything, you know? But, uh... I always had... He... I probably... I armchair booked so much Bray Wyatt and Wyatt family stuff because it, I was just so frustrated that they never really made headway, right? Like, they never really hit that level they could have. Like, I had all sorts of stories, whether they were staying together or, like, different, like, if Rowan and Harper turned on Bray it's like, if they start winning, but Bray's still losing. But it's like, you never, I mean, the, the, the House of Horrors match, I mean, that was not great. The match at Mania wasn't great. But the thing is, he got dealt a lot of shit. But he still seemed like a viable contender. Like, he, he didn't really lose ground in it. Anyway. But it's just kind of a bummer that it's just like 
they start with something that's like this has some real potential. Yeah. And then they they WWE the fuck out of it. Yeah, so it's uh yeah, it's a I think Bray will will hit me a little bit um later on, obviously, but no, and people say, yeah, I mean, Terry Funk, you know, it wasn't surprising. His wife passed away recently, and you know, he's 79 and blah, blah. It still sucks. You know, it doesn't matter how old people are, but. Well, it's like today, Bob Barker. Yeah. 99 years old. 99. God damn. I don't want to live that long. No. Well, but if you're living Bob Barker's life, though, I mean. 50 is good for me. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, Jimmy Carter's on his last legs, too, so, I mean. Um, 99, oh, Jesus Christ. So, was, so, he was in his mid-70s when he was on Happy Gilmore, then. Yeah. I mean, obviously that... This is wrong, Bob. <laughs> um, obviously, there's some Hollywood magic in that, but it's still impressive regardless. So. Um, but, Will, um, let's say we do... Uh, we, will, we will dig deeper into this when we're both more up for it. Uh, but we do have a couple of questions of dishonor that we should probably get to to lighten up the mood. Um, only Rob's. All right. Do we do we want to do we? I was saying, do we want to start with Rob's? Yep. We kind of discussed in pre-production. So <laughs> we we did because I missed this because you know we we do what we can, but our friend Rob UTT Rob on tanking the territory, Gator golfing the territory, uh, uh whatever whatever other. Endeavors he's got across the pond. Yeah, he wanted to know. We, Tom, we got to build a super team. Because Davy Richards is banned in Canada. Because Canadian Davy Richards is a real asshole. Yeah. But we got to we got to build a super team to face WCW's Team Canada. Of our with our Ring of Honor stars, so problem with this is I had to look up who the hell is even in Team Canada because I have no idea. World Championship Wrestling in two thousand and two thousand one. I was not watching wrestling at age nine. That was not allowed. <laughs> yeah, and I also had like no exposure to WCW. Like I saw the commercials for like. Uh, like uh, the Thunder and stuff like that. I'd see the commercials for the TV shows. Yeah. But my, my brother and I weren't allowed to watch wrestling. It's funny because 2002, Mom finally gave in and we were allowed to watch wrestling. Yeah, that's history, so it's uh... Well, uh, WCW's Team Canada was... Um... Not all Canadians. No. And it's not all it's not all men. Yeah. Um, so according to Wikipedia, 
I'll go ahead. We got Mike Awesome, Jim Duggan, Major Guns, yep. Bret Hart, Carl Woolett, Jacques Rougeau, Felix Skipper, and Lance Storm. Now, um, real quick, I do want to shout out fellow uh, Shining Wizards podcast uh, network show, uh, The Year of Duke and Rogue. If you are familiar with Duke and Rogue, they are big fans. Oh, yeah. Um, so, they are, uh, I, that's the main reason I even know who Elix Skipper is. Um, I have to crack up that Jim Duggan here, obviously, Mr. America, is uh, part of Team Canada, but. Um, yeah, but Rob's, yeah, basically Rob's, uh, you know, the question is, can you make up a three-person team to face WCW's Team Canada of ROH stars banned from Canada? And we can think of so, two people besides Davey Richards that are literally, well, Davey Richards isn't technically from Canada, but he should be. Oh, well, we it's Slim Pickens. I, I was gonna say I hope not, because oh. I, I I didn't I didn't I'm not experiencing anything on my end. Okay. Um. Well, we we thought of two right off the bat, and uh, you couldn't come up with two more diametrically opposed people, even though they have the same name. Um. But the first person that we thought of banned from Canada in Ring of Honor. Uh, Bobby Fish. You know, I mean, we're assuming that Bobby Fish is banned from Canada because Red Dragon can't compete in Canada for the tag team belts, which we'll discuss later on in the episode. Bobby the Fish. Bobby the Fish. And then uh, someone we're pretty much absolutely positively is banned from Canada. Uh, and that's Bob Evans. So we both know they are officially banned from Canada. Well, Cornette couldn't go to Canada either, but he's obviously. I was going to say Cornette. Cornette could be uh, at ringside, tangling with major guns. Yeah. Um. So, so we got our manager. Is Jimmy Jacobs is. I mean, like you see Jimmy Jacobs being banned from Canada. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like Davy Richards is the only one who has like the. Like, if we're going to open this up, I mean, obviously, you know, what a team of, if we could just open up to, like, anybody, right? We get Davey Richards, Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah. Like, actually, like, banned from Canada. I don't know. A lot of our Ring of Honor roster that we see predominantly are Canadian, so... Yeah, I mean, two, I mean, two of them. Ah, I can't see Pickens here. I mean, I don't know. I'm just gonna say Jimmy Jacobs, just where I could see. Wait, is Torino fans in Canada too? I don't think so. 
I mean, he's not the most popular guy in Ring of Honor right now, but I don't know if he's uh, banned from Canada. I'll go Jimmy Drake. Rob gives us the thinking man's questions. Yeah. <laughs> we we got to put these puzzles together. And sometimes we have great success. <laughs> it's sometimes... I have to look up who Team Canada is, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's my failing, not Rob's. Rob is great. Check out Untanking the Territories. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh. We cry. We interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling. And we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms. And we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron... For the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right, high five. So we do have Brundage question here. Well, well done, Will. Um, I had it, and then I threw my phone across the room because it made me mad. But um, this week's question of dishonor. Uh, Manhattan mayhem made me think of Manhattan melodies for some reason. So who would be a wrestler to in Ring of Honor? Uh, so 2013, I'd make the best Muppet. And his answer, of course, is just do all the good ones. Um, and Brendan says, I mean, oh. it's it's the obvious answer, right? I mean, I feel like it's where our, our, our minds all collectively went. Yeah, I had a different one though, also, but um, but Brendan's response, I forgot to answer my own question. That's kind of how Brendan rolls. I would go with National Treasure Mark Richmond. He just looks like a Muppet. I haven't chased guns or chickens or talked to Dr. Teeth in getting his teeth fixed. Um, also, honorable mention for Jimmy Jacobs since he's a huge Muppets fan. And also, Caprice Coleman could sing Electric Man. Um, will there be anybody not named Mark Briscoe as a Muppet that he could see as a Muppet in 2013? I mean, this might be a small bit of a spoiler for later, but what if uh, Outlaw Incorporated were Muppets? Wow. Um, wow. I mean, you know, kind of fits the gimmick that they went with. Like, I kind of like just interpreted this as if I had to like convert the roster into like a Muppet styling. Like Brittany was thinking, no, like it's gonna be like she actually interpreted it as we're gonna drop a wrestler out and replace them with a Muppet. Like Kermit the Frog here is gonna be like you know in contention for some belt. That's hilarious. I mean Cookie Monster would be, you know that's a funny way to put it. Um, I mean, R.D. Evans is kind of like a Muppet, too, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I actually, for some odd reason, the person popped in my mind, honestly, is Truth Martini. It's the hair. It's the hair through the hat. He kind of, he looks 
like a Muppet. Like a Muppet already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Mark was going, it, it just makes sense. Um, Jimmy Jacobs would be fun, though. I mean, like you said, too, so, um, yeah, I just, I, I just kind of went with Martini, like, pre, uh, pre-2013, so. I'll stick with that one, can they, can, uh, yeah. they go fuck up Rocco or whatever. I know, I know Rocco's from Sesame Street, but. I think homicide on Sesame Street would also be worth whatever it costs. So, uh, sign me the fuck up. Um, Yo, Big Bird, brit, brit. Like homicide that. is for the children. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Kids, you know what a cop killer is? Ay, ay, ay. Um, yeah. Uh, but as always, Brendan, I uh, thank you for the question. Um, and with all the hubble of this week, we didn't mention a uh, very good friend of the show and guest of the show. Uh, we won't get too personal into SJ's, um, you know, private life. I mean, I mean, it's pretty well known, but I mean, that's her story to tell. But um, obviously, SJ, our thoughts are with you. Um, you know, we're, if, you, if you need a tough time, just, uh, just let us know. But we did want to shout you out this week real quick uh, with everything going on. So, um yeah, but Will, we got some real modern TV to talk about. Oh, sorry, we'll we do-, do. It's 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 in the name of the episode, but we are covering Ring of Honor TV, and we are covering the aforementioned from Brendan's question, Manhattan Mayhem, from and yeah. who knew? Yeah, uh, but Ring of Honor TV episode one hundred and one, uh, original air date August twenty fourth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, and we're gonna keep this briefish. Uh, we had saw some fun, you know, some new some new people and some fun. Uh, but real quick, obviously, we got a vignette, you know, with uh, with Nigel and three Capus, um, you know, being over. But you know, like we talked about last week, it wasn't like all these victims and Jason's trip, blah 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 blah. But Will, I actually texted you shortly after we recorded last week. Uh, we did a four-way uh, dance. Uh, for a TV title shot at Matt Haven. Uh, but in this match, you want to uh, tell us the combatants. Right, so Tom said this was a hell, of a, a hell of a match to look forward to. Because, as you recall, we were kind of dreading that because we saw all the TV tournament first round matches at All-Star Extravaganza, TV was just going to be road rage for a month and a half. Yeah. And we're just going to see all these matches again. But we got something a little different. We did get this four-way match. And uh, New England represented very well here. We have Vincent. Yeah. Or he's going by Vinny Marsiglia right now. Still going government name. Yeah. We've got a uh, Hanson. Looking very spelt too, with Todd Hansen. Soon to be of the Todd. That's right. I was going to say I was blank. I was blanking on his first name, Todd Hansen. Yeah. Who would go on to be Hansen? Who would go on to be Warbeard? Yeah. And, and now he's Ivar. No. Yes. Maybe it's one of them. Yeah. Maybe. He's War Machine. Yeah. He's the one. He's the big fellow with the beard. 
Um, and you know, we've got Brian Fury. Yeah, big fan. You know, somebody you're a big fan of. Got a little bit of history with. Very important to this neck of the woods, and very important to a lot of the people that we're seeing on Ring of Honor TV right now. Champa, Hanson, Taven, Vincent, all trained. Same school. Same school as we mentioned in pre-production is going to be featured on uh, Impact Wrestling. I'd be curious to see if they actually go to the school to tip something. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Impact's usually good for shit like that. So. Um, and then some guy named Kong. Uh, some dude named Kong. It was not Congo Kong. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. That, oh, I can't stand him fucking guy. I do not like. We had a. Uh, we also had Matt Taven on commentary. Yep. Um, you know, and I do want to mention. Like I said I know Todd Hanson, but uh, remember Raymond Rowe, uh, his tag team partner, also made his debut a couple months ago. So, well, I'm um, hopefully there's a format. I know we're we're looking in the past and we're kind of jumping ahead with people, but it's our fucking podcast. We do a couple months. That that can't wait to get to that top prospects tournament. Oh, yeah. Mm. But anyways, uh, yeah, the four men, Will said, uh, Matt Taven's on the call. And, you know, the match was, was all right. Uh, a lot of this, you know, match was really put Matt Taven over. He, he definitely kind of hijacked the whole kind of thing. It was fine. Um, even calling Kevin Kelly a, a jock sniffer, I thought that was funny. But, you know, say what you will. I mean, say what you will, Will. Uh, Matt Taven's really starting to come out as someone of his own. Well, he's not wrong, right? Like, he's beaten everybody he's yeah. been in matches with. He's His success rate compared to other champions is significantly better. Yeah. And Kevin Kelly was kind of playing it off as it's all kind of flukes. It's all kind of because whoever is getting involved. And Taven tells him, it's like, You've never been in the ring. How many wins do you have? Once again, he's not wrong. I thought he was going to storm out at one point because he, he like got up. It was like yelling down at Kevin Kelly, but then he, he did sit back down. Well, because they talked about how uh, Tathan's got history with uh, all the all the fellows in the ring. Yeah. And obviously, we will be teaming up with Vinny here in the future. But, uh, you know, in the end, uh, Brian Fury does get the pin on Vinny with uh, some sweet crucifix DDT thing. I've never seen that move, uh, which is pretty cool. You know, Matt Taven, you know, gets pretty lifting with Brian Fury. So I guess we'll see them next week. Uh, but he's, you know, he's worried about his list of hoopla hotties, you know, there in Rhode Island. So, um, yeah, super solid match. Well, it was just cool. I said, you know, like you said, it was good to see, you know, these three guys, you know, in the ring. It was cool to see all these people that are kind of like close to home people for me. Yeah, yeah, literally. And Kong. And, and Kong. You know, we should probably look up to you that guy is. I mean, no offense to him, but didn't do it. He well. he does not have the uh, the cage match like the other fellows in this in this match. That's yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. But uh. It was a little, I was a little bummed, not, nothing against Kong, but it's like, they roll through, it's like, all right, we got Vincent. All right, we got Brian Fury. All right, we got 
Hansen. It's like, oh, who else is going to come out? It's like Kong. It's like Kong. <laughs> yeah, maybe in a different context, you know, but yeah, because it was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, speaking of athleticism, you know, we have a tag team match, Will. Uh, the Party Boys versus CDC Wrestle Factory, obviously. Um, Xander Madu or what the fuck? Zuzu Madu. It's Zizu Madu. Zizu Madu. The South African superstar, and uh, our favorite Paradise City, uh, Mike Sedell, I guess they're the party boys now, uh, versus, you know, CNC. You know, um, you know, listen, this match is really athleticism personified. Obviously, all four of these guys can go. I always like to move and Mike Sedell gets his legs kicked out from under and does a split. But, uh, you know, in the end, CNC Wrestle Factory gets the overtime, or uh, they hit the overtime finisher for the win. Um, I didn't put a lot of notes on this match, Will. Um, it's kind of quick, but do you have anything on this match, really? No, I forgot all about it until uh, until you just brought it up. So, well, I mean, it's always great to see CNC. Hopefully, I'm hoping we, we see a, a run with the straps here before the end of the year. But Yeah, well, uh, we're going to address that here real quick and inside of your monitor. Um but uh, Brundon's favorite, Steve Carino, uh, doesn't realize that he's been fired from Ring of Honor, but brings up a good problem. I mean, he's a contracted ring announcer. He was just, I mean, he was, you know, I don't know if he's playing like, you know, he doesn't realize he got fired or whatever, but um, I don't know. What do you kind of think of uh, Carino's actions here? I mean, he's not wrong. The, the, the inside Ring of Honor bit, was it was kind of funny because he just kind of comes in on the side and it's like he comes like what are you doing here and he's like what are you talking about we're doing re- inside ring of honor <laughs> he's like, I'm you know like I'm, I'm here like kevin kelly my my friend i'm, I'm right here <laughs> yeah let's well, old times sake but um, then but that that was it, but related to Carino, Kevin Kelly chats it up with Adam Cole, baby. Now, I about don't, this here title tournament. I don't mean to, to pick nits here. Um, but they, That's what we do here. We definitely do that. But I don't know if you noticed this, Will, but Adam Cole is like three inches shorter than Kevin Kelly in this promo. Tom, I don't not nitpicking nits. Adam Cole is that tall. Yeah, and Kevin Kelly's not that tall. You know, you're uh well, I don't know how I say this that's spoiling anything, but I mean I was there giving Adam Cole a push here. Um Oh spoiled it. You spoiled it. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you spoil something that happened ten years ago? But it just the optic didn't look good. Um, but See, I it, thought I, I that I didn't that didn't register to me. Okay. But I do see. I understand where you're coming from. It's the old uh, like the WWE like has people stand in and kind of like in frame, but they have them like squat down or whatever, so the wrestlers seem taller, even if they're. I mean, nobody thinks Adam Cole's 
tall. I mean, Adam Cole's like my height, maybe. Yeah, like I said, I mean, or he could pull the old Tom Cruise thing and just put him on a box. I mean, you're just shooting from the head up, so keep off table. Keep Keep old. Keep old. Keep old. He's been um, You know, and like I said, it, it, maybe I've been watching too much WWE, but uh, but in between that, though, Will, we do, I'm um, CNC Wrestle Factor, I guess they're getting another shot at the uh, tag team titles. Whoever's going to be tag team champion after through all this. Um, but like Will said earlier, man, I hope they get a fucking run. I don't think they're going to, but, you know. Didn't know. they spoil the main event for Manhattan Mayhem on this, too? Yeah. I don't remember chronologically how this all plays out, but it's like if you hadn't seen Manhattan Mayhem, spoiler alert. Yep. Because I watched the TV first, and I'm like, well, son of a bitch. Now I know. <laughs> yeah, I actually just ironically just watched it for, you know, by accident. So. Uh, but we'll our main event for TV this week. Uh, before that, uh, you know, they do show that little promo that they had in um, – all-Star Extravaganza, we got Joe Coff and Kerry Silken. You know, like we've talked about these guys before, obviously Kerry Silken is the reason Ring of Honors, you know, was as successful as it was. But uh, talking about... We, we, get the, the, we, we get the first 20 minutes of All-Star Extravaganza is what we got. <laughs> yeah. Um, because... Our first... They don't even try to hide it. Like, it's obviously a different venue. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we get Jay Lethal. What's up on my notes? Jay Um, and commentary did a great match. They're a great job of really putting Sanjay over. You know, he hasn't really been seen much. Um, no, like I knew he was purchased Ring of Honor because they when they brought him back, Tony Khan's Ring of Honor. Everybody's like, ooh, Sanjay Dutt. And I know he, he was an impact for a oh, oh, oh. long time. Wow. Yeah. But uh, basically, you know, um, is this Sanjay's first Ring of Honor match that we This is the first we've seen, right? I don't know if it's his first Ring of Honor match in general, but. Um... Oh. I'll say sure, but I'll pull it up on cage match just in case. Okay. Fact check. Um, but real we quick, don't we don't we don't have an in, we don't have an intern to fact check stuff for us as we go. So. No, that's that's in the twenty twenty four budget. So. Um. I was gonna say well, we should have filled out a bracket for this, but that's what I already know we're in. So. But um, I assume these two have some history because they got some great chemistry. You know, and Sanjay was doing a really good job on this. Um, a lot of fun spots off the top rope. Um, yeah, and this might actually be my first match seeing Sanjay Dutt. Honestly, I thought it was my couple podcasts, but you know, lots of high flying, lots of fun counters. But in the end, obviously, Jay Lethal hits a lethal injection. Jay Lethal will be facing the winner of Adam Cole versus Mark Briscoe, which we will see on TV next week. Um, 
I kind of went through that kind of briefly. I'm real sorry about that, but uh, do you have any additional thoughts or do you got any uh, info from Cage Match for us? No, I thought this was this was a fun match. Sanjay Dutt is a great talent. Yeah. Um, as far as the cage match goes, oh, I mean, there's some impressive matches on here. Sanjay Dutt has had some some real deal matches in his time. Nice. But uh, as far as Ring of Honor is concerned, it is looking like this is the first time we would have seen Mr. Dutt. Because through 2012, he was primarily in uh, TNA. Okay. So, yeah. Seven. Oh, no. Yes. The date doesn't look right, but it's because of when this was taped, right? So that's why the dates are off. Okay. Because they have it. Yeah, Ring of Honor Wrestling number 101. TV show at Rhode Island Convention Center. Hmm. They have it dated as July 20th. Yeah. Why am I thinking it's September? So, yeah, July. They have a date of July 27th. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, we a little bit about This that. is the primo content we hear about. Yeah. But I actually did a little bit to talk about Manhattan Mayhem. A little bit. Yeah. Um, we will obviously skip. Um, there we go. I can hear that. Uh, the matches that we'll see, we'll see on TV. Will and I agree to do that. But uh, Prince Nana's on the call. And Prince Nana's been doing some scouting, which is going to come into come in handy here. Uh, how? How did you feel about Prince Nana on commentary? I enjoyed him. There were some things that were pretty bad. I must have missed it. Watching it two times. Uh, I mean, we can we can kind of go over it as as we go. The I didn't take down examples because I don't take notes because I'm a I'm the Tyrus co-host of this podcast. You still remember more than I do, and I take notes, so I know what that makes me. Do you, tell, do you want to tell the, the listeners at home what opened up Manhattan Mayhem? Well, um, well, real quick, I just want to shout out. Obviously, this happened uh, August 17, 2013 at the Hammerstein Ballroom. But, Will, you and I have actually been in this building together. Uh, but the opening match was Adam Page versus Silas Young. Um, again, you know, we've obviously been seeing this match. Again. Time. You know, this is technically the rubber match. Um, I was kind of hoping they'd get some time, but uh, good brawling, you know, until Silas, you know, dumps Paige over the top rope. Uh, you know, about an you know, eight-minute match in uh, Silas Wendell's misery. Um, you know, and Prince Nana really popped for Silas' move. You know, I did pick Silas Young as a breakout star for 2013, but, uh, you know, Adam Page is starting to look pretty good. Obviously, he's going to get, you know, he's not going to 
he definitely gets his groove once he becomes Hangman. But he's starting to look pretty solid, and they're both contracted. So, um, well, what do you think? I wish I would have got a little bit longer, but yeah, it is what it is. It's good if you've seen any of the last matches they've had. I mean, it's pretty much more the same. Uh, Prince Nana at one point saying, "Oh, Silas doesn't seem to like Adam Page. He's kind of beating up on him like an ex-girlfriend or something like that." It's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I must have missed that. One. Okay. Nana, more like no, no. <laughs> uh, but then real quick. Stop. But the match, the match was good. Yeah. That's a, that's a good curtain jerker. We got we got the we got the, we got the handshake at the end. Code of honor was adhered to. Yeah. Well, and then after that, uh, Steve Carino comes out. Um, you know, but you know they remind him again the the pleading. Like, what are you doing here? It's like to do commentary. I'm a I'm a contracted commentator. And uh, he's Kevin Kelly, like, don't work here no more. He's like, since when? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so if they're gonna play the gimmick where he's gonna act like none of this happened, I'd be okay with that. Um, and they're uh, right, he's got some post gum clarity, yeah. So, or like some, some kind of, and he kind of gets uh, kind of gets nudged out, he goes out through the crowd, yeah. Kevin um, Kelly says you'll have to talk to Nigel about it. Nigel's the boss. No, we ain't wrong. And as we saw in Ring of Honor, uh, inside Ring of Honor, rather, uh, he's like, yeah. he's not returning my calls. He's not responding to my emails. Yeah, Kevin Kelly even references that inside Ring of Honor. We're here. Um, don't get take team, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, we got Adrenaline Rush versus CNC Wrestle Factory. And Will, I'm trying not to be bitter, but it just seems like it's just these two taking wrestling each other all the time. Um, so this is my big beef. I, I don't think... I mean, we've seen this match a lot. These guys are all insanely talented. But why are we getting this match again? I don't want to say it's a race thing, but why is it the two black tag teams are wrestling each other on like every card? Why are we not getting C and C against the against C and C versus Forever Hooligans? Yeah, great. Why aren't, why aren't we getting that? Why aren't, why aren't we getting some variation on that? Like, why not against the Wolves if they're trying to cement? Uh, Right, because the Wolves wrestled Forever Hooligans on this show, right? Uh, no. No. Young Bucks. No, that's right. So, why not a different combination of that? So, I'm sorry, I was mixing up. Yeah. Because we just had the Wolves against Forever Hooligans. Yeah, uh, like, right. And I get that the Forever Hooligans... And the Young Bucks are right. They're both like the Japanese tag teams, right? So it's kind of like that's the through line. And you get the bit at the end, which is kind of important for the, like, the Bucks character development, I guess. But I would have rather seen a different... I would have rather seen a fresh matchup. Yeah. Uh, another great match. You know, um... 
you know, in the end, CNC they hit their uh, it's called the overdrive or overtime now with the, the overtime because they're yeah they're working overtime. Uh, you know, and obviously with the winning match, he's going to get another title shot that we're not going to win. So, um, I'm just not hopeful. You know, I, I'm getting kind of bummed, but, you know, it is what it is. But, Will, um, after that, we've got a proven ground match. Matt Taven versus Mike Mondo. They're returning Mike Mondo, so I guess um, his injury was, you know, Worse than you thought, so. So I guess Scarlet's gone. So I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, but uh, Silesia's got a bodyguard license, uh, so she can be at the ringside. And Casey Ray uh, is Matt Taven's second. Another another student of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Nice. Okay. Trained by Matt Taven. Nice. Um. You know, and kind of all over him. No, it's a little, little weird. No, that's his. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Matt Taven and Mike Mondo had a great rivalry last year. You know. Uh, but Will, this is uh, something you texted me about, and I was also very upset to the point where I almost stopped watching. Um, some guy just reaches over the fucking, and the camera gets it straight at you know, here's day, grabs the lead, you right in the ass. Right, like the the audacity. <laughs> like, why didn't they let her beat the piss out of that guy? Why wasn't that dude yanked out? Um, like it's one thing if you want to yell stuff, like it, you know, if somebody were to like make a comment, like I'm not saying a, like making comments are okay, but like when you're at the point, like when you are actually like, you are crossing the barricade. Yeah, like. Exactly. Out of there. Yeah, you don't you don't touch this, you know. Yeah, I was I was was and listen, I just thought it was really ironic when you texted me about that. I was like, yeah. And you too, people, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, you can also be included in Will and Brun and I's text about this show if you like. But just a simple price of twenty five dollars a month. That's not about fair, right? I mean, they could text us if they want. I mean, a lot of it's just us busting on Tom about not liking olives, so. Yeah. Uh, and you would get a sneak peek on what the questions of dishonor are, so. Yeah. Um, well, we did get a You Got Herpes chant. Uh, so, Brendan, get online here. Of course we did. You know, Mondo looks good. You know, Cutter DDP thing was awesome. Um, some fuckery is awesome. That's basically really interferes. Uh, but Mondo kicked out. Uh, Truth makes an injury, gives Taven the book. Uh, but Mondo sees it and he stomps Taven's face onto it. I don't know how that didn't end the match. I mean, it's the book of fucking truth. It's the the book. You know why? Because the book of truth wasn't swung. If you swing the book of truth, it's a guaranteed win. But if you just take a move onto it, it's not the same. Oh, see, I just thought Matt Taven was impervious to it, maybe, but um. Yeah, but uh, Matt Taven goes for or uh, Mondo goes for a splash. Taven gets the boots up, hits that TDP off of the win, but we do get a quarter bottom afterwards. And uh, and then after that, uh, Matt Taven and Casey Ray basically have sex with a quarter bottom and no win. So good for him. 
Good for Derry, New Hampshire's own Matt Tatum. Yeah. Um, yeah, all in all, I said, I mean, these two obviously have great chemistry. You know, it's good to see Mike Mondo back. He's bald, he's angry and everything. But uh, anything you got to add to that one, Will? No, this was this was a, a good match. Casey Ray, not to, to throw the, the Rana in there into the frog splash by Taven. It's like, ooh. Didn't think Mike Mondo was going to win. I mean, just the, with the track record of these proving ground matches, the people who are trying to prove the ground don't usually come out on top. What? Well, we also haven't seen Mondo in a while, but it was it was cool when he came out. It's like, ooh, Mike Mondo, hell yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he gets a, a little bit of a run here in 2013. But, uh, but a t- you know, a tag team, well, they're talking about splicing up the tag teams, but it's uh, two young gentlemen we have not seen in quite a while. Uh, the Bucks of Youth take on the Forever Rooligans. You know, and the young Bucks here, get a, they get a great pop. You know, uh, the... Oh, the, the the young bucks are still doing the handshake thing, where they only shake their hands, uh, respecting uh, with people they respect. Um, you know, I still like to see that they're, they're trolling Booker T with that. You know that story, right, Will? Yes. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, in uh, TNA, uh, when gen- when uh, the Bucks of Youth were known as Generation Me, I guess they didn't go up to shake uh, Booker T's hand. And he went all ballistic on social media, buddy. So, um, you know, they're uh, young. Books. I mean, obviously they look a little young, young here, but I don't even know what the fuck my. I mean, it was ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, the forever hooligans. Okay, they do the hug spot thing again, but the pot, you know, where they they're they're gonna fight each other, but then they hug it out. Uh, kind of getting kind of bored with that. Um, I don't understand anyone else here. So, so. Which is a problem because you don't drink. So it's not like this is like Sober Tom coming back to Drunk Tom's notes. No. This no. this is Sober Tom's coming back to Sober Tom's notes. Yeah, the box with that leg lock bossy thing? Post the- Oh, the leg lock pose thing, where they get uh, they get the guy in the leg lock and then do their pose. Okay, I don't know how people don't like the young, young bucks that's on the themselves. Uh, we get the classic kicks um, from Kozlov uh, again. Um, the Wolverines do the battering ram into a super kick. Uh, but goddamn well, I mean the Bucks look really fucking smooth in this goddamn. I mean obviously at this point they are one of the greatest tag teams in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and Nick does go for that knee in the corner that he likes to do, but Kozlov catches him and uh, carries him to a doomsday knee off top rope, but uh, they don't call it the Meltzer driver yet here, but uh, or, uh, no, we don't, we don't, we don't have any of the fun names yet, no Meltzer driver, no bang for your buck. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, Rocky comes off top into the total rack, now nah, the Hooligans win a great match. I don't know what the fuck that was. I, uh, I liked how Kozlov had him, like, in the fireman's carry. Then, like, while he was up on his shoulders, did, like, the toss to, like, yeah. flip him over into the torture rack. Yeah. And, uh, 
No, I was just going to say, post-match, we have the question. Because this was this for the the, 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 the IWGP belts? Was this for those junior belts? No, I think it's just the match. So it was a question, right? Post-match, are we going to get the handshake? And you did. This was a hell of a match. This was all, this match was fun. You know, despite our comments saying we would have rather have seen you know a variation of these teams with um, CNC um, and adrenaline rush, that's this was a really good match. Yeah, I mean these are our two of the the best tag teams in the world at the time. Well, you know, and in the Bucks are over, you know, and. Uh, like, you know, they're talking, yeah, you know, Nana's talking about how they are the best in the world. So, um, hopefully we see more of the Bucks in the future, in the near future. I mean, I know we'll see them more in the future. But, right, because uh, they said, uh, this match would have a lot of bearing for the future tension for the tag belts. Yeah. Because the Hoolins are technically owed a rematch as per the, the Ring of Honor contracty stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, next we'll we get a promo from Artie Evans. and uh, Oh, and we, we didn't say, but the Bucks did shake the hands yep. of the Hooligans. Yeah. And, and everybody goes home happy. Quote, quote, uh, the young Bucks have adhered to the Code of Honor for the first time in Ring of Honor. But, uh, Next, we've got Marshall Law in the ring. But R.D. Evans and Q.T. Marshall, uh, you know, obviously Prince Nana is not a fan. We have to all those shenanigans that happened last year. But, uh, you know, R.D. gets in the mic, says a bunch of words. Um, you know, he's pissed off that Marshall Law is not on the card. On uh, that, this is an injustice. And uh, he's going to do a sit-in until they get a match. Well, he's going to stay at Marshall Law. So he, he pulls out, there's a folding chair. He sits down in it. Yeah. And then uh, they get a little creative with the cameras here, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I was, just, I was like, wow. Epileptic morning. Uh, but, um, but yeah, looks some like, Kevin Dunn shit. Yeah, looks like Prince Nana is now making matches in the entire two psychotic songs. Um, who will... yeah, so this, like, the, the lights go down, there's... Like the, there, it's just like cut after cut after cut after cut. And like a, I don't know if you want to call it like an alarm or whatever in the background, but it's like it's like all these camera cuts. Like, what is this? Like, what is this supposed to be? Yeah. But it's Homicide and Eddie Edwards, Outlaw Inc. Eddie Kingston. Kingston. Oh, what did I say? Eddie Edwards. Oof. Um. But they alluded that this has been going on for a little while. I don't remember seeing anything. Maybe it's going to be on TV later. Um, but Will, for a, for a split, split second, no offense to the headbangers, but I thought it was the headbangers for like 32 seconds. I was, I was kind of freaked out. Uh, but that's how I, I, was. I, w- I did have the initial response. I'm like, who the fuck is this supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. And then I saw him like, ooh, I like this. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, no. Like, who is it going to be? Is it just going to, like, fall flat? And they're going to have this big, stupid reveal. And have the crowd just be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, Homicide, like, took off half his mouth. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that? No. 
And then it was Casey, and I was like, oh, it was awesome. But like, Ray Pop, you know, uh, on the reveal. And, uh, you know, say what you will about Artie Evans, man. Give that guy credit for being in the ring with these two fucking psychopaths. You know, and uh, like Will had alluded to earlier, I thought it was uh, the debut of the name Outlaw Inc. Um, you know, and uh, at the end, Outlaw Inc. gets the win with a sitting lariat. Uh, and they're wearing suits and ties, and, um, you know, they're trying to be respectable and honorable for the Code of Honor. Um, you know, and then they get out of the Code of Honor with Artie Evans, but uh, we get some broken finger action from Homicide, so. Um, like I said, you know, on our uh, episode with Kyle, you know, I mean, event spectacle, Homicide's not aged a fucking day. I don't get it. And the way he just wrestles and loses his life, Kudos to him. So, homicide rules. Homicides for the children. Yeah, homicide. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, they were made for fucking Sesame Street. So. That would be awesome. We should write up some fan fiction. Um, oh, speaking of that, I'm so far. I will. I forgot to publicly thank you for the books. We'll go over that next week, though. It's all good. We'll show up giving press now for stuff next week, though. Um, but, Will, I think we're just going to skip here to the main event, obviously, because we got three quarterfinal matches. I'm assuming you're okay with that. Yep, you, you'll have to... We're going to cover these on TV, so we're, we're, we'll drag you guys through it just the one time. <laughs> yeah. But they, they they weren't bad. No. Um, the I'll just say the second match was shorter than I would have liked. But... Yeah, we'll talk about it on TV. So, um, but I'm not. I, I know. I know we're not going to cover the match, and it's and we'll cover them later. Bennett Champa, probably the match of the night. Yeah, these two work very, very well together. And obviously, two New England boys. Yeah, I was going to say that New England came in and and you don't picture you know Bennett as a. I like a New England guy for some reason, if that makes sense. But yeah, it was a great match. All three of these were really good. Um, well, I'm just going to say it's fucking strong and steam. I just upset they only got 10 minutes. Hopefully, someday those two could, you know. Yeah, that, that, I feel like the, the, that match was not the sum of its parts, right? That could have been an absolute monster of a match. And it was okay. Yeah. Um, but our main event. For the tag team title, uh, we get Red Dragon versus the American Wolves. Right? Uh, the match they won in Toronto, but uh, as we alluded to earlier, um, oh, a really weird camera angle. Sorry, um, Bobby Fish can't get in Canada. So, Rob, your question is very um, timely. As we also stated, it was spoiled on the, the episode of TV. The, uh, the outcome of this match. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but, uh, you know, I'm just bummed that... The, I, I want to I get your thoughts on uh, the closing bits, right? Because obviously the Ring of Honor PWG style, right, is people just take move after move after move and then keep kicking out. How, how did you feel about the ending of this match? Well, excuse me. 
I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. I kind of like that. I mean, it, it's it's Davy fucking. You know, I mean, the guy's a fucking. I don't know. So, um, uh, let's see here. So the end of the match. I got my notes here. So the end of the match. Eddie Edwards gets picked off the table. Uh, Bobby Fish has disappeared. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Dean Richards beat the piss out of each other like you do. Uh, but then Dean Richards gets thrown to the outside. Uh, but Bobby Fish was in the crowd, uh, holds his arm in the barricade, and then Kyle O'Reilly uh, does his double stomp off the apron uh, onto Dean Richards' arm, which looked pretty fucking nasty. Uh, but Richards fights through it, uh, even ducking an elbow, but in the end, uh, chasing the dragon. And Red Dragon um, are your new... Two-time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Which, again, the, that's what a Ring of Honor TV we covered. They say inside the, the, the inside Ring of Honor bet, it's like, oh, well, the Wolves just won the belts, but they've already lost them. It's like, wow, thanks, Kevin Kelly. Um, no, so I guess not the end of the match, but, like, there was a strike where Kyle O'Reilly was taking, like, yep. all sorts of abuse. Yep, and I, he was just, like, Kicking out and kicking out and kicking out. I'm like, have they positioned Kyle O'Reilly to be this kind of character, like, to, to have this kind of like stamina, I guess? Like, I get the story, right? Because it's the whole beef. Like, it's Red Dragon. It's Redragon because of Davy Richards yeah. and how they hate Davy Richards. Yeah, I even have, you know, my notes here, you know, Kyle O'Reilly taking a bunch of the abuse. Um, there was one spot where Eddie Edwards was in an R bar. Davy Richards comes in to interfere, but he doesn't actually pick up the arm bar. That was kind of weird, but um, yeah, I mean Kyle O'Reilly is definitely positioned to be, you know, that guy, you know, like the king of, you know, that uh, that American Song style, getting a living shit kicked out of him. Um, but real quick before we get into our thoughts on the match, uh. You know they uh, they win the tag team title, but uh, they are jumped by uh, to the two new uh, the newest tag team in uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Outlaw Inc. to end the show. Yeah, we see the uh, we see the finger breaking spot again. Yeah. Um, Will, how do you feel about? I don't get it. Why did they take the belts? Tom, why did they have Outline come out with like all the the mask and stuff on again? Why didn't they just have him come down? I mean, I mean it's Manhattan. Maybe they, they thought the crowd forgot where they were. Um, I know they're trying to do some things with the tag team division, but. Right, because the tag team division is supposed to be their focal division while there's not a world title. But it does feel a little weird that, like, I know we're, we kind of spaced out these shows a little bit, but it's pre- they pretty much hot potato that belt between those those teams. Three matches, three tag team belts, and it's the same tag team champions that we had two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, like when Forever Hooligans beat, you know, Red Dragon on TV. We're like, holy shit. This is fucking awesome. Right? It's like, what What are they going to do with this? And the answer was nothing. They did nothing with it. 
less than nothing. I mean, is this just literally um, just to get them to Toronto? Because Bobby Fish can't go to Toronto? I, I, I don't know. I just... Uh, you know, listen. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know we're fans of reader. I mean, well, we're actually fans of all three of these things. But it's a it's the territory thing, right? Like you you send your champ on the road, they can drop a belt, and they. I mean, that's how Ric Flair got hell's straps, right? You know, he he goes on a tour, he drops it, picks it up again later, adds another rain to the list. You go on tour again, you drop a belt again, you pick it up before you leave. That's another rain. I don't know. You know, it, it, it gets forever hooligans that tag that ROH tag title run. Yeah. Adds it to their list of accolades. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like what why? I mean you could have had it could have been C and C. It could have been Fucking adrenaline rush. I, I keep almost calling him Al, uh, Alabama Attitude. Yeah. Which is funny because there's nothing like Alabama Attitude. Nothing at all, but it's the A. It's yeah. the the adrenaline. Because I always want to say like altitude attitude or something like that. It's like, no, that's not it. Um, yeah, you know, hopefully. Yeah, other than the, the weird... I thought the show overall was pretty all right. I mean, the the clown masks and the the camera cutting, like they're trying to be like a little cinematic with it. It's like this is a little weird. Yeah. And then you pretty much like rehash that segment when they came out again at the end. It's like they should have just had them run down to the ring and just fucking throw some back fists, throw out a cop killer, like yeah, you yeah. Break his touch or whatever you want to do, but like they didn't need the whole like lights and the the get ups on again. And you think Prince Nana's gonna manage Outlaw Inc. or even this is the one off? Oh, I don't know. And I I love Prince Nana. Prince Nana, by all, as far as I can tell, is a great guy. Yeah, but I do not love him on commentary. Yeah, I miss the eating ex girlfriend comment. So. And I didn't take notes. So like, there was a couple other things where he said it's like, mm, mm, wasn't uh, wasn't feeling. I think there was some comments about like the hoopla hotties like during that match. He he made some. I was like, yeah, I'm not not feeling this. And I just wish they would have let Sleazy drag that guy over the barricade. It's so awesome watching that 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 dude just should have been ejected. Yeah. You don't touch the talent. No. Especially not that way. You know, you want to boo. I mean, you want to chant she's got herpes. Like, you, you want to be a piece of shit that way, you know. But it's like when you actually, like, reach over and, like, you're grabbing somebody. Not good. No. No. Well, uh, Will, real quick here before we pull a train to the station and, uh, you know, high fivers. Sorry, this has been kind of a, a, a spastic episode. Um, yeah, both and Will and I both kind of had a week. So sorry about that. This is not, you know, our, our normal awesomeness. Uh, but real quick, I do want to shout out, obviously, everyone here on the Visionaries Global Media. Um, obviously, Chad, uh, you know, hopefully the shout outs to Chad and Diesel. 
Uh, hopefully we get some more VFTR 2.0 sometime in the near future. Uh, but I obviously know with Chad having two uh, humans in his house under two years old, it's going to be a little hectic. Uh, hopefully we're going to get maybe get Diesel on here and talk some Bray Wyatt here sometime soon. Uh, but obviously a shout out to Matt and Graham. You know, Graham was a guest on our show a couple weeks ago. Uh, that good cop, bad cop. You know, JCB, uh, Zach, and, and Bill over at Band from Ringside. Uh, we got the Chris Talks Games guys. Uh, so we're Chris and Matt talking about video games. Uh, Dungeons and Junkies, I think, is on a little bit of a hiatus uh, with uh, so with Chad's impending fatherhood. And then, uh, obviously, our show. Um, oh yeah, and uh, check out the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. Uh, this week, I had a great conversation with my good friend, Mr. Battle Tested Ben. Uh, if you want to find out what Jocko Willich and Lindsey Sterling have to do with Battle Tested Pro here in Milwaukee, um, stay tuned to that. But uh, stay tuned for Midwestern Wrestling. We've got some big shit coming. Uh, we've got an Insane 8 review coming down with a former, uh, monthly guest, Ref Jerry, a first-timer, my good friend Bucky, and uh, Brundon. And uh, i got a couple participants in the Insane 8 coming up soon, so... And some more conversations, so stay tuned for that. But uh, um, and obviously, make sure you're checking out all the great shows here on the Shining Wizards, uh, as you heard on the commercial earlier in the show. But uh, Will, um, my friend, listen, I appreciate you getting me through this. Uh, anything uh, you want to add before we uh, pull a train to the station here? Tom, did you mention the Phoenix Splash podcast? Oh, damn it, I didn't, and I forgot the Brainbuster Boys. What kind of friend am I? You forgot the Brain Buster Boys. And I and my two year anniversary of meeting Brett and Bolt in the real life just happened like two days ago. Whoa. Both former guests, Brett and Bolt, have both been on the show. Bolt's hopefully getting us a, a theme song here soon. So yes, make sure you check out the Brain Buster Boys. And obviously the Phoenix Plot, if you're uh, yeah. into Japanese wrestling at all, uh, check it out. We've got great coverage of uh, the G1. And uh, Brett and uh, Jason B are diving into stardom and Noah, which is something I hope to get into after the Wrestle Kingdom. So, see, Will, that's why you're an Oakland nominee. Yeah, just, uh, just the usual thanks for me. You know, thank you for anybody who checks out the podcast and listens. Thank you to Rob and Brendan for your questions. Thank you to our wives for allowing us to set aside. Time for this malarkey every week. Yeah, especially uh, especially this week. I think malarkey is a good fucking word. Yeah, it's uh, we're scattered. I mean, I don't take notes, and you know, if we had recorded this when we were originally supposed to, it would have been fresher in my mind. But like, I didn't rewatch or nothing. I don't take notes because I'm a piece of shit. So it was, and my internet, you know. Tom's editing magic will make you realize that, well, what are you talking about? Nothing, nothing happened at all. But I, yeah, it's that song by Matchbox 20 where it says it's been a long day. Been some long days. (laughs) This, this past week has, this past week has felt like a month. Yeah. Yeah. And your shoot jobs, like, I mean, you're doing like shit. I mean, yeah. I, I I will go on record to say my shoot job is uh is whooping my ass. <laughs> oh. Well, um, everyone, you know, all the high fivers, make sure you tell you know message Will and 
make him make him take his two days off and stick with those two days off. So, no work on your day off. You see clerks, you know what happens. Wait, you have seen clerks, right? What's that? You seen the movie Clerks, right? This movie's so embarrassing to ask, but my Wi-Fi sucks, so you keep breaking up. I'm sorry. What are you asking me? <laughs> You've seen the movie Clerks, right? With Kevin Smith and I've seen I think I've seen Clerks too. I saw Clerks too. Some friends were watching it when I was in college, so like I watched it communally. Actually the funny thing is I don't think I've seen Clerks and Wow, I might not see I I started watching it. I'm not a I'm not a big Kevin Smith guy. Oh. Well, we do have a hopefully a future guest that's kind of in that Kevin Smith orbit uh coming on here soon. Uh but will I mean if you see clerks you know what happens when people going on their day off, so I'm gonna say. Yeah. I do like I, I know like references to it. I think I I sat down to watch it once, and it like I got like however long into it, and it just wasn't grabbing me. So I just watched something else. Fair enough. Yeah, I I might need to rewatch it. It might not be as good as I thought it was. So, but uh, yeah, well we're gonna pull us straight to the station. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, High Fivers. Obviously, Robin Brunden, thank you for your questions. Um, you know, send out some. PMA out to our good friend SJ. Uh, she's going through a tough time right now. So, and uh, make sure you're checking out our good friends uh, over at Nattering with E. You know, Eric's doing a bunch of content. He's got a new podcast series he's starting that they told me about. I'm actually pretty excited about. And uh, obviously, the, the 90s nostalgia hour with uh, SJ, um, you know, Bauerhausen and uh, Mr. Freed. So, uh, yeah, uh, high fivers. We are out of here and we will be much better next week. So we'll talk to everybody next week. I hope. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.